Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo. A podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, on today's episode, we have Melanie Marisol. I love how she pronounced her name. I didn't quite do it justice, but in any case, (laughs) she's awesome. She is a third generation medium and she is an astrologer for businesses and she helps CEOs, leaders, and change makers use astrology to inform their decisions. Yeah, she was awesome. And she gave us each a little mini reading, which was so thorough to the point and also very eye-opening. And we were both like, oh yeah, that is how I am. So I liked how she kind of like put it all together, which was really cool. And she was super funny. So funny. (laughs) I was really afraid to drink anything because I was like, oh my God, she's going to make me spit my water out. Like I didn't expect it. She's not as sneaky funny as you are, but she was very funny. Yes. I was mm-hmm. giggling right there with you this episode. So it's great. I know. I know. And then exciting, she had an offer for all of our listeners. If you do book a session with her, let her know that you heard about her here on Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo, and you will get an extra 15 minutes on your reading. Yes. So generous of her. I mean, you'll hear what, what she told us in just 15 minutes. So I feel like that can, you can go pretty deep. Yeah, that's yeah. a good chunk of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put the link right in the show notes if you want to take advantage of that. Perfect. We hope you enjoy Melanie Madison. I love your background. You're Thank like you. out in the galaxy. Thank you. I know it's fun. <laughs> So welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you. So I feel like one of the things that we normally are interested in with our guests is how do you get into this line of work in the first place? And I feel like in your circumstance, it's like particularly interesting because I read that you're a third generation medium. Yes, I am. I've been on a journey of understanding my (laughs) ancestry. So yeah, that's what I've learned. That's so cool. Did you grow up like with your mom and grandmother just talking to spirits all the time? Um, I learned by the time I was 14, 15, it was very pivotal years for me. And I had learned that my grandmother had that ability, my mom did, and they were very freaked out about it and they're very scared. Um, and they were trying to really quash my interest in it. Um, uh, and then as I've gotten older, I've done more ancestral research, I realized it's uh, runs in the Slavic line of my family, my grandmother's side. So it's there. So I feel like it's important for me um, to be the person in the family that kind of breaks that. Okay. So you weren't like three years old talking to ghosts and. I have that ability. Yeah. They're, just trying, they're trying to shut it down because they were just so freaked out about it. Um, My mom had experiences like that when she was growing up. My grandmother would see headless brides when she was growing up in this scary place called Durth, Pennsylvania as a coal miner's daughter, quite literally. So uh, they were like, I would see things and they'd be like, it's not there. You're imagining it. I'm like, oh, not really helpful. Uh, And then I learned by the time I was uh, 29, I had learned that my mother uh, used to dabble in Wicca when she was in middle school and high school and early college. So it's been there the whole time. It's funny how those older um, generations, because my mom was very similar 
um, just so afraid. Like anytime I'm like, mom, you're so witchy. She's like, oh, don't say that. I'm like, it's okay. You can be witchy. No one's going to come for you. <laughs> right. How is she feeling about her abilities now? Is she like more at peace with it or is she still trying to avoid it? Uh, my mother passed when I was 19. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but wow. yeah, at that time, um, she was trying to get me more aware of what she was going through, what she did when she was younger. Uh, now that she's on the other side, um, I do have encounters with her and she shows up to guide me. Um, so I think it's more coming from a place of, okay, you know what you're doing. Um, so my mom was a child of the 70s. Okay. And she's a teenager in the 70s. She graduated high school in 1976, a wild time. Anybody who is a Fleetwood Mac fan is inherently witchy, in my opinion. <laughs> um, she is very witchy. Uh, so the fact that my mom was into that stuff kind of just made sense. Um, and I think she had died. Obviously, she died very unexpectedly from a heart attack. Um, but since her passing, I've been able to really not have this burden on me. Uh, so I've been able to naturally enhance this ability. And I'm coming from a place of not fear, mostly because when I got out of college, my first job was doing social work. I did homeless outreach on the streets of Baltimore, Maryland. And that was probably the most intense job I've ever had. Uh, so if you can do that, spirits are fine. Because I'm dealing with <laughs> ridiculous people all the time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good way to get your feet wet. Yeah, my dad used to like tease us because, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, cemeteries are so scary. He's like, why? Everybody's dead. What's going to happen? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> right. I think um, I think it's important, especially when I was growing up in the 90s. I feel like there's a lot of movies that were like, remember, remember the 90s? I feel like they're very culturally Christian, despite the fact that, you know, mm -hmm. Christianity was not as widely practiced or out in the open. Mm -hmm. A lot of movies, uh, horror movies are made with like people seeing spirits and there's these sound effects and really dramatic music. And when, actually, when you do see spirits, it's really not that interesting. It's more like, <laughs> oh, they're right there. They're kind of creeping me out. I wish they could talk to me more, but they're just looking at you. So they have to like communicate to you telepathically. Mm -hmm. uh, so if movies had that element versus like the scary side effects, I feel like that would make people uh, more open to their inherent ability because everybody has the ability to do this. Everyone's just freaked out. Yeah, I remember watching an Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid <laughs> and there was like a ghost that they couldn't solve the mystery about. And I was just like, I never want to talk to any ghost ever. <laughs> just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. So I just shut that down in case anybody got any ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually encounter them. I grew up on the East Coast, so I spent a lot of time in house museums. It's a niche subject that most people don't go into. Uh, but yeah, you're in a house museum and, uh, if you're in the South, like I am, uh, there's plantations everywhere. So you're in the kitchen, which is a very used part of the house. They're going to show up there. Um, uh, but when you're a little kid, you're like, Oh, is this a reenactor? And then like, you're like, Oh, look, there's a reenactor. And there's like, we don't have reenactors here. And you're like, Ooh. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now everyone on the tour is freaked out and you're feeling weird. And, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like as well, if you're into mediumship, um, you also have an interest in history to understand, of course, where mm -hmm. the spirit is coming mm -hmm. from historically. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just out here living my design. <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the different things that you are doing now. I saw astrology informed PR, shadow integration doula. What is that? Yeah. Um, so anybody who knows me in real life knows that I'm really into astrology for business. I'm okay. all about integrating the shadow. So um, there's the love and light vibe that you find with pop spirituality. I'm not that. 
And I'm not doing this because I'm like super edgy or I'm goth. It's not the <laughs> perspective I'm coming from. It's you didn't just of, try. You didn't just swap like one, you know, trendy word for another. <laughs> no, no, I don't think people. I don't think the young kids really know what shadow work entails. Mm. Uh, so like, not to be like you don't have to be emo. It's just when <laughs> there is the ugliest part of yourself, you really have to integrate that not really mm-hmm. shove it down like most traditional law of attraction more old school approaches to spirituality would suggest um it's more of like hmm look this part i hate about myself maybe instead of pushing it down with positivity i just like i accept it for what it is and then i can integrate it and then move on in a healthy way i don't have to keep running from something mm-hmm. uh, and with that um i am improving my mediumship skills uh for anybody who is watching mystically inclined here I think what people don't understand is everybody has the ability to have um, psychic ability. Psychic ability is just intuition. I have had Christian-y types come to me and try to like prove mediumship is real or prove my psychic ability is real, quote unquote. Um, That never works. Additionally, it's important to have boundaries. You can't just be running around with your psychic intuition just kind of spilling out everywhere uh, because it's draining. (laughs) It's not good for you. Uh, And if someone's trying to like make you prove that you can do it, like they're already coming at you pretty hostile. So it doesn't really matter what you do or say, they're still not going to believe you. So I don't really uh, engage with folks that way. So what I do now is astrology readings. So I do one-off astrology readings, focusing on your divine assignment. What's the legacy you're mentally behind? If you're a more established healer, um, I also do the Align Abundance reading. So that's uh, diving into your money codes, diving into um, your, where your planets are, particularly what areas of life are the most lucrative for you, where's the most ease, where's the most flow. And I also provide astrology-informed PR strategy. Since I do find myself working, believe it or not, with CEOs and executives that are usually Christian. So mm-hmm. it's weird out here. <laughs> uh they're strictly they're all into it so uh basically i'd like to do astrology for business efficiency everything i apply with astrology is for efficiency so you know you're a ceo you're having like a 60 million dollar company you do not have to do everything online you don't have to do marketing you have a marketing program it doesn't matter so okay do you like speaking? Do you do better with like public speaking in person? Do you do better on podcast interviews? Do you do better actually with writing? Is like guest blog posting the thing to be doing? Should we go to Forbes? You know, what mm-hmm. is the best use of your time? And what is, how can we amplify your skills and your strengths versus focusing on things that don't really matter? So at the end of the day, people that are making money and really uh, running this earth, they're not out here on Instagram or LinkedIn all, like all hours of the day, you know? So how can we make the most impact in the least amount of time in the most fun, pleasurable way that is aligned with your soul blueprint? That, that sounds great. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's been like so much, like people tend to to think, oh, this worked for one person, so it must work for every person. And that's just not true. Right. And I find that with uh, businessmen, I work more mostly with men. Um, I like to work with women. But I just find that right now the the clients are men and God bless them. They mean well, but I feel like <laughs> they mean well. Oh, she geez. said God bless them. <laughs> they do. They're And they're making 60 million a year or whatever. Right. Like that's great that you're doing something right. But it's also coming from um old paradigm business. Mm-hmm. So we're moving into a new paradigm business. It's just meant to be astrologically speaking. So with that, it is understanding that Business right now in the future is not going to be only results driven. It's not only going to be about profit maximization. 
actually, the more you care about your people and the more you care about your impact on the planet, the more money you will make without exploiting people. Do we think that's like Pluto moving to Aquarius? Yes. Yes. Mm. So um, people talk about the age of Aquarius starting off with like the 60s and 70s. Some people believe that um, it began in the 1860s and 1870s, uh, which is interesting. It takes around 150-ish years or so to move from one age to the next. So mm. age of Pisces, Jesus Christ showed up. He was out here like showing people to bring <laughs> uh, Christ consciousness <laughs> and not <laughs> He was out here. <laughs> he was chill, dude. Uh, some believe he was an alien, uh, if you're into that kind of um, that part of the Crystal bookstore. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, he was coming in with a, pr- a pretty new, interesting uh, way of being non-judgmental, uh, very Piscean, very much, I love everybody in your next, like that kind of energy. So that's great. Mm-hmm. He ushered it in. That was 2000 some odd years ago. That's great. Now mm-hmm. um, we are moving into the age of Aquarius, which is very much focused on uh, the collective. Um, everybody is working towards something. Everybody is valuable. It's breaking down hierarchy. Um, and we're actually going there's talk of a uh, changing of currency maybe we won't even have currency maybe we might even go back to life before physical cash money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. aquarius mm-hmm. also brings in uh futuristic stuff and technology and everyone's kind of freaking out about technology right now mm-hmm. um, like AI. ai yep yeah so there's that's a lot to talk about as well um but it's more of instead of freaking out and assuming it's the end of the world and we're totally screwed you could say okay there is technology. We should be conscious. You know, we should be aware of what we're doing with AI. We don't want the, we don't have like a 2001 a space odyssey kind of thing happening, you know? Um, so at the same time, how can we utilize all these gifts coming to us and how can we consciously create a new economy, not in a mm-hmm. fear-based profit maximization only way, but mm-hmm. a conscious chill approach, you know? Yeah, I um, listened to a podcast. I don't remember the particulars, but the person being interviewed was one of the people, one of the scientists who like, like helped create a lot of the AI for like Google. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, if we think about AI as if we think about parenting our child, what you, what you watch, the things you tell it to do, the things you're searching, that's what it's going to mirror back to you. Just like when you're parenting your child, if you give them a lot of love and things like that. So it was just a really interesting way of, of thinking about it. You know, he was just talking about like YouTube and how, you know, the algorithm knows exactly what you're looking for and it's just going to give you more. So to be really aware when you're using things like those, like it can be a, a unbelievable tool and it can be really great, but it can easily, it's a slippery slope. So you definitely have to be conscious of it. Right. And I think the thing is, humans have been in a state of fear for a literal millennia. So mm. this particular age is not really going to be too different uh, in that people are just going to be freaking out. Um, so it's <laughs> like our responsibility uh, as ladies on this podcast to usher in a sense of calm and, you know, clear decision making and consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of people have accused me of spiritual bypassing uh, Mm -hmm. because I say that you should be the change that you would wish to see, like embody it. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. There's people dying in Africa. I'm like, yes, that is definitely happening. Um, I'm here in the US. Uh, I I can only do so much. 
at the end of the day, if everybody kind of just stopped paying so much external attention to things they really don't have any control over and really pay attention to the internal uh, world so that mm-hmm. it can reflect in the external, it, it just it just really doesn't have to be that hard, you know? Uh, yeah. But I guess I guess if you're constantly stressed or constantly freaked out, especially since 2020, uh, most people don't really want to hear what I have to say. So that's why I came up with the term shadow integration doula. I'm here when you need me. I'm, I'm going to be here in the background whenever you're ready. <laughs> Can you think of an example of um, like a shadow that you've looked at and integrated and how you kind of make peace with the shadow aspects? Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I have a history of being very judgmental and I still struggle with it. Um, and that's really ultimately from a place of childhood conditioning. Um, my mother was very judgmental towards everybody, myself. Uh, I was the oldest sibling as well. I don't know if you guys are the oldest sibling. We both okay. are. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very hard because your parents are basically using you as a guinea pig and they don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so it's not a responsibility the oldest has to take on. How many um, siblings but- do you have? I have two younger brothers. So I always wish I had a sister. That's what uh, I have too. Alas. Uh, so and then there's like, it's like a weird in between when you're the oldest sibling. So you're ha- supposed to have authority, but then on, on top of it, you're a woman. Uh, and again, I remember growing up, I felt like it was very patriarchal in my home. So you don't really have that much authority, but you also had to be like a third parent, which is kind of annoying. Um, so with that, it just like, I could tell my inner child is very sweet, very non-judgmental, very much assuming uh, the best in everybody and giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I can tell the judgmentalness is um, my mother's programming in my mind, my unconscious mother, God bless her, uh, in my mind. So with that, I'm like, okay, instead of hating on my mom, which also happens sometimes when you're integrating things you don't like about yourself, there's a period where you might hate your parents or something. Uh, Part of being an adult is uh, accepting that they are who they are and you can't change that and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And then with the judgmental attitude that I've had, that I honestly really sharpened when I was doing social work. Uh, talk mm. about a miserable, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, anybody who's a social worker, God bless you. I, that is not my calling. Um, but it's, it's like a very miserable vibe. All my clients are miserable. Uh, and I just felt like I was having conversations with my mom. Like the whole time mm-hmm. doing social work, I was like, oh, like literally verbatim conversations. So mm-hmm. with that, I was like, okay, I'm miserable. I don't like this. I don't like being judgmental. And at the end of the day, I can tell the judgment is coming really towards myself. So the way I integrated it is acknowledging what I just said. And then I said, hmm, I already know that we're all on our own path. And despite the fact that this person's not doing what I think they should be doing, when I have accepted that they are really here to do their own path as well and deal with their own karma, it has nothing to do with me. That is when a lot of stress just like went away within like seconds. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Uh, and it's not so much um, I did the Piscean thing where you just kind of ignore what is needing to be dealt with. It's just more like, okay, that's where they are. I'm over here. That's cool. So in the occasional uh, bout of judgmentalism pops up, um, I love myself in the moment and I'm, I acknowledge my, okay, I'm going on a judgmental rage spiral. This is not doing good for anybody i'm not embodying the change i want to see uh and that's when i'm like i take give myself a breather and i'm like okay and then i decide it has nothing to do with me they're on their own path and actually if i'm meddling with my judgmentalism i'm actually i might be harming them in the long run because they're not learning what they need to learn Mm. so when i did that then life got like so much easier 
Well, yeah, you like just explained how to just, you validated what you were feeling and then accepted that like, you're still okay. And you're still worthy of love, even though you're having those judgmental feelings. And it's not something, cause a lot of times people they'll have awarenesses like that. And then they start to shame spiral. Cause they're like, Oh, I've been working on this for so long and I can't, you know, whatever the story is. Um, so that's a beautiful example. Yes. Yeah. And actually I was just listening to someone discuss their near death experience yesterday. As you do in the morning, people <laughs> read the newspaper. I listen to near death experiences. Uh, but one of the speakers was explaining that no matter what decision you make, it's always the right one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, that's like a lot less stressful. <laughs> that's my motto. I'm like, you literally can't make a wrong decision. Like you have, it's just a different, it's going to, you'll still get to the same place. Mm-hmm. You always still get to where you're meant to go. Right. And if someone's out here really judging you because of your decisions, like, okay, well, clearly they don't have a life. I kind of feel bad for them. Like, why do they even care what I'm doing? You know? Yeah. So I've actually lived my best life since 2016. And I've encountered people along the way. They're like, man, I totally judge you. I'm like, who were you? Like, I I don't even know who you are. And they're like, yeah, you inspired me by me hate watching your Instagram stories. I'm like, okay, uh, you are (laughs) cool, whatever. You needed to be on their path, I guess. I don't know. That's it. Just just being me, whatever. (laughs) I know. Do you guys follow people on Instagram that like, you know, trigger you and you just still watch them? I did for a while, but I've tried to unfollow those people. I'm like, why? (laughs) No, it's going to make you annoyed. Just don't follow. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I once interviewed for a social media job and I said to them genuinely, I really have a good time on social media. I seriously, I've had really cool people uh, through Instagram. I have a great time on that app. You know, I close it and go on with my life. I do not follow people that trigger me. I do not follow mm-hmm. celebrities because I think it's a little strange. Um, yeah. yeah, I could see if there's a period where it's helpful to follow that maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. So it triggers you because you're consciously working on it uh, versus right. just following someone for hate watching. Like, really? Uh, <laughs> could be reading with that energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if it was triggering, it was usually because it was like some piece of what they were doing that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily yeah. like, I hate you. It was just like, oh, you shouldn't have that. Like, why can't exactly. I, you know, have yeah. that ease or whatever? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all calling you to heal and integrate because then you mm-hmm. realize you can have it too. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to watch their stories in the meantime. <laughs> no, no. And like, <laughs> I've, I've followed and unfollowed some people, like people that really inspire me. And then I got jelly. Because uh, like, oh, yeah. they're like doing all this cool stuff, so then I unfollowed them for a period, and then like I naturally, organically, just found them again. Uh, yeah. So, uh, astrology is all about cycles, and so mm-hmm. is life, you know. Uh, and I think, especially in twenty twenty, I learned, maybe it's a little bit slow in the uptake, but uh, time is linear and it is cyclical. So when you understand that you can have both, I feel like again the stress levels decrease. You're not like mm-hmm. on a you're not trying to be in a rat race to hit certain milestones. Um, and actually, when you're feeling really low, inevitably, you will go up. And then when you're feeling really high, you may dip a little bit, but that's okay. You'll come back around. Mm-hmm. You know? So much of people that claim they have anxiety disorders, in my opinion, is just like, y'all don't even know how to live. Like, you're so controlling. You're so freaked out. You don't even accept that we have like a natural cycle of things. That's why you're probably anxious because you're like, you're trying to um, white knuckle it and you don't really oh, have yeah. 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 You're not in the flow. Yep. Yep. So switching gears a little bit, or maybe this is not switching gears, but I also noticed that you have how to actuate your divine assignment 
-hmm. as an offering. How does that tie into astrology? What are you looking at there? Yeah, I feel like in your early 20s, I don't know about you guys, I was crazy, um, probably from like <laughs> 19 to 23, like solidly unhinged. So anybody that still friends with me from back then, God bless them. I appreciate that. I really am blessed because, oh my God. Um, so with that, um, I have done that particular offering with younger people, but I find mm. that it most hits people that are over 30. You've already gone through the Saturn return. You know kind of who you are at 30 versus at 20, you're still kind of trying to differentiate you're separating yourself from the family unit you grew up with mm -hmm. um, but understanding your divine assignment is the astrological like your your astrological birth chart is the roadmap to that so instead of kind of doing the matrix things of you know getting out of high school going to college maybe getting a degree and you can do a career um, i never worked in corporate but apparently people that work in corporate are working towards promotions and you're climbing the ladder that is a way to do life uh, but normally, I've never met anybody that's really super happy about that. So instead of doing all that, you could just figure out what is the divine assignment here? Like, where is my sun, my moon, and my ascendant um, operating in my birth chart? How can I weave those together to figure out, hmm, what is my uh, core archetype that I'm embodying in this lifetime, which is your sun sign? My moon, right? That's your uh, emotional innermost self. How can I weave those together? especially sometimes when your sun and moon oppose each other, that can be really challenging. So how do I integrate that uh, so I can move forward? Um, where is my Venus placement, for example, uh, which rules love, beauty, art, and money? So what do people like to pay me for? Hmm, that's interesting. But instead of capitalizing on your skills, like any skill that you're kind of good at, you say, hmm, well, Venus is here. And where's my Jupiter, the planet that rules luck, abundance, and expansion and opportunity? hmm, how does Venus and Jupiter work together? Oh, maybe I can make an offering around this thing. Oh, wait, there's my Chiron placement. Chiron is the archetype of the wounded healer. It symbolizes our deepest wound that we're meant to heal so that we can show others in our lifetime. So, hmm, how do these Jupiter, Venus, and Chiron all work together? How can I create an offering that is inherently created in my natural gifts? and then offer it out to the world. So much business advice is focused on capitalizing on the skills you know. It's like, okay. Um, <laughs> that, and again, men do that all the time. Um, traditional like bro marketing kind of dudes, and that's fine. Um, but if that is not resonating with you, you might as well just use this roadmap while you're at it. And mm -hmm. then on top of it, you kind of tie it together with your midheaven. Midheaven um, symbolizes the middle of the heavens around your 10th house cusp which is uh, the house of career and your life's work so what is your life's work really tied together to be you know and how can you weave it in a way that ties it all together uh, for consistency's sake and usually I found when I do the divine assignment reading or this legacy building reading um, the the person does not have to necessarily learn new skills the gifts are already there they just kind of put them in the back burner because they didn't think they were worthy enough quote unquote or they're not um i was told my artistic skills my artistic skills and my uh intuitive gifts were fluffy when i was growing up and <laughs> they weren't real <laughs> so i was like hmm uh actually these are real skills and they are really needed you just most people are usually not in the environment where they are valued you mm -hmm. just had to physically move yourself which is fine you know how does north node tie into all this mm-hmm yeah, so your North Node is the path of becoming. It is uh, purposely outside of your 
zone of comfort. So your south node is the comfort zone, the skills you're already proficient in, uh, maybe past life habits that aren't really that helpful. So for example, if you have a south node in your south node is in Taurus or the second house, maybe you have money hangups and you're very stingy with money. Like that's your natural default to go to. So if you have your north node in Scorpio in the eighth house, you're here to learn how to be very, um, not going to say loosey-goosey with money, but you're here to learn how to build exponential wealth uh, and understanding the astrological cycles of maybe the stock market, building a business, right? You're really going outside of uh, your natural comfort zone. And so the North Node seems really uncomfortable and unfamiliar. Um, but I can say right now, if you if anybody looks at their birth chart, uh, you can look immediately where your North Node is. Um, it looks like a horseshoe. And um, if it is within 25 to 30 degrees on the chart, uh, that means that you've tried many lifetimes of having this North Node. So hmm. you're pretty proficient at it. You just got to believe in yourself. Maybe if you look at the North Node, it's kind of near the first you know, 10 or so degrees, maybe this is a completely new path for you. Uh, but either way, you've done it before. So you just have to have the confidence that it'll work out. Um, now I had to look up mine. Yeah, I do have your charts available. That makes well. sense. I'm only two degrees. <laughs> what? So where hard. is your north node? Mine's in Aries. Mm. So what does okay. that mean? All right. So north node in Aries. Um, the opposite of that is Libra. So Libra is like very concerned, people pleasing, wanting everybody to get along, maybe putting their desires on the back burner. Aries North Node is like putting yourself first. Again, not in a selfish way per se, but it's like prioritizing myself first so that others can thrive as well. Mm -hmm. So again, taking action as well. Also divine masculinity is the big thing with Aries. I think people forget that. So it is mm -hmm. the warrior archetype, but it's not about fighting. I think sometimes also people think Aries is just like fighting, just punching everyone in the face. <laughs> but it's more <laughs> uh, separating yourself from the family or separating yourself from the partner. So South Node and Libra, maybe you've like always prioritized your romantic partner's um, dreams and ambitions. Maybe you're kind of there in the supporting role. Aries North Node is more main character energy, putting myself first. Maybe my partner supports me in this lifetime. And then also understanding who your natural self is, your natural... Uh, frequency separate from your family separate from your lover you know who am I really here to be is there a certain like age that that usually comes up like I know Saturn return is usually at around 30 does North Node hit at a certain point in my experience that is not the case um, I feel like the older clients I work with like over 50 have always kind of felt that way in their life I feel like the Saturn return, depending on where Saturn is actually in relation to your North Node, um, the Saturn return can either be pleasant, actually, and pretty chill, or it's just kind of a punch in the face. So <laughs> let's say uh, Fiona's North Node in Aries, and let's say you had Saturn in Aries, for example. Uh, maybe it would be very activated during the Saturn return, because like mm. maybe they're conjunct each other. So it's like, oh, man, punch in the face, like. She wasn't living her life and then boom, like the something, something really dramatic happened and you had no other choice but to live the North Node uh, path. You know? mm. um, but say maybe, and again, maybe can also be when they oppose each other as well. 
So maybe Saturn wants you to buckle down, but Aries wants you to charge forth. So again, doesn't mean that, that you'll never reach that goal. And actually, I think sometimes people think of oppositions as very negative, um, but really they're always opportunities for growth. And actually, I think they're always opportunities. They're challenging opportunities, but they're opportunities nonetheless. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I think a lot of people have fear sometimes with astrology. I mean, I am a Libra sun conjunct Mars. So very loving Libra, caring about people is on top of conjunct fiery Mars asserting itself all the time. So I, my friends call me a bitchy Libra um, <laughs> because I'm not like out here cussing people out, but I, I get to a point, my my tolerance for foolishness is very low and I will get to the point where I am yelling if I'm really not feeling hurt and I feel like I'm walked all over, you know, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm like going out and like that's my brand, you know, like, oh man, Melanie, she's the bitchy astrologer. <laughs> Who would want to go to that? <laughs> no one would want to do that. But I will be a straightforward astrologer. I know? think I have a similar placement. My my uh, sun and Mars are pretty close together and both in Libra. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, they can work out together just fine. You can be assertive. You can be an assertive Libra. And actually the world kind of needs those because we want assertive decision-making Libras. We do not want waffling, people-pleasing, codependent Libras. And then your activity uh, with your Libra Sun and Libra Mars are in the 12th house. So the 12th house is associated with the subconscious mind, music. Most uh, musicians have a lot of 12th house or Pisces placements. Mm -hmm. um, very much focused on the collective as well. So asserting yourself with Mars, but also being aware of the collective. So for example, going back to Jesus Christ, probably a Pisces sun Aries moon. So very much like I love everybody and you're next and you're doing something you're not supposed to do. Then he like flipped over tables in the temple and like started hitting people with whips, you know, like pushing them away. So it's like, again, being reasonable. You're you're coming at it with a very, um, it, being reasonable because the world has not been reasonable for the past mm. few years. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> chill. Uh, in business, the 12th house is associated with research and development, business trade secrets, and secret enemies. So, mm, mm, mm. so Libra Mars, Libra Sun, you're not allowing your enemies to walk all over you, but you're also probably not going to fight them. Mm. I feel like it'd be more like psychological warfare in the event that you did have enemies. Um, so subtle, <laughs> different tactics, you know. <laughs> Sounds very on brand. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have enemies secretly? Or um, secretly? I don't think I have enemies. <laughs> I don't think I have enemies because I do tend to get along with most people, but I also will let people know when it's time. Like if I'm not afraid to have words <laughs> if it needs to happen. <laughs> You'll have words, but you won't throw hands. Correct. <laughs> and the words are enough because like I have a lot of Scorpio energy. So like the Scorpio and the truth just comes out and it's very like, it's, I've heard I'm a bit intense. Yeah. I mean, it, that can be the case, but again, the world is it. <laughs> Scorpio is uh, probably the most metal of all the signs. Mm. So mm -hmm. very much, very sensual, actually very sexual, um, but also um, very hardcore. I think there, I have met um, less evolved Scorpios, uh, Scorpio sun, Scorpio moons. And it's just like, they're a whirlwind of chaos. You're like, oh my gosh, like what else is new with this girl today? It's, there always <laughs> seems to be something going on and like, you don't have the energy for it. I've encountered yeah. people like that. I used to work with artists and creatives. Um, mm -hmm. So you're like, this is just chaotic. I'm going to go talk to the rather standard commercial 
a graphic designer because like, I cannot deal with the yeah. <laughs> painter girl that likes to like drop acid and do paintings. Like it just, there seems to be a lot happening. So with Scorpio, actually, when they are evolved though, it is very much a leader. And actually um, there's a book called The Science of Success. And in the book, the author discusses that some of the top CEOs um, are Scorpios or have Scorpio mm. placements that are very prominent because they can be very cutthroat. Um, but at the end of the at the other end of the spectrum, they're really good at financial management and growing exponential wealth. And actually, mm -hmm. most people I've met that don't believe in astrology are either Scorpio suns, Scorpio moons, Scorpio midheavens, and or they work in financial planning, because that's <laughs> the house associated with financial planning. So it's interesting. Right. Yeah. Can you see what Fiona's divine assignment is? Let's 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 see. Looking through this chart. Okay, so we have that North Node in Aries, as we said before, um, being assertive, um, prioritizing your wants and desires over other people's. But then it's also in the sixth house. Sixth house is associated with Virgo energy, um, very much focused on business systems, organizations. Um, from a business astrology perspective, sixth house also has to do with your employee relations um, and health insurance and employee benefits, also work routines. Also, you find with sixth house energy, um, people that do that are usually yoga instructors or holistic health practitioners. Mm. So either helping people um, with their own physical health, helping them um, optimization is a big thing with this north node in sixth house, very much focused on routines that serve from a place of loving self-discipline and not punish. That is the big challenge mm. here. Uh, mm. sometimes people get really caught up in the routines and they don't, uh, they don't allow that natural cycle to weave in. So maybe your morning right. routine and workout routine in the summer is different in, than in the winter, which is totally fine. Like allow the seasons to go. Additionally, we do have a Libra sun and cancer moon. So, um, your cancer moon, Fiona is in the ninth house that is home to Sagittarius energy. So cancer ruled by the moon, very sensitive, very much um, can be a homebody. The home is a sanctuary. You don't want to live in like a hovel. So the, the inner home is very important to you. And then it's also in the ninth house of travel and culture and adventure. So sometimes you might feel like the desire to go travel. Sometimes you want to like be at home. Some people like to live out of the backpack and they just have like a carry on. They live that way for years at a time. You're not here to be itinerant. You're here to have a nice home base and then go travel and then come back. Uh, but either way, you're sharing what you learn from the travels with other people. And so to understand who your divine assignment is and who your soulmate clients are, you also look at your moon. You look at your Chiron placement. So let's see. Your Chiron here is in the sign of Gemini in the eighth house of growing exponential wealth. <laughs> also, sex, also sex, death, and rebirth and transformation. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so I feel like secretly you might be into occult or esoteric studies. Seems to be a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe there might be a fear of speaking it because maybe people will hate on you, harass you online, call you a conspiracy theorist. So especially after 2020, I don't I don't know where conspiracy theories are anymore. Kind of <laughs> some of them getting blurred with reality. I don't, I don't know. It's, well, it's so funny because <laughs> I don't really believe in any firm conspiracy but i'm fascinated by conspiracies mm -hmm. like i love when people believe in conspiracies because i'm just like what makes you think that like what makes you believe that or like i can very easily see when people fall down these rabbit holes and i'm like oh it's juicy like i love cults oh okay yeah mm -hmm. that, 
Yeah, because that Cancer Moon is also in the ninth house. Uh, and so there's people that usually are interested in cults or survive cults usually have a similar moon in the ninth house. Um, I also have a moon in the ninth house. And I went to evangelical Lutheran school, Catholic middle school and high school and Greek Orthodox Sunday school. So I'm very familiar with the culty aspects of things. Right. Um, and then for you, maybe a younger version of you might have been like, oh, no, like if I share my interest in conspiracy theories or if I share my interest in astrology, for example, uh, maybe I will lose credibility or someone mm -hmm. will, won't take me as seriously. Um, mm -hmm. But you're here to kind of break through that. And then on top of that, your midheaven as well, um, again, representing your uh, career, your life's work, um, that is in your 10th house in Leo energy. So you are here to actually be kind of fabulous. So I think what people misunderstand is midheaven is the career. That's how you show up online. It's your internet persona and it's how people perceive you, regardless of what you're saying. They just look at you and they're like, clearly she's a fabulous woman. She has amazing hair and she's wearing like reddish lipstick. Clearly she knows what's going on. She knows what she's doing. But uh, you kind of have that Scorpio rising, you know? Mm -hmm. So once people get to know you one-on-one, -on -one, they're like, oh man, she's a little intense. Like I thought my, <laughs> she might've been like a fabulous fashion muse, but really, oh my gosh, there's like a lot of um, substance to this woman. So again, younger versions of you might've uh, dated guys or other people and they liked you for one thing. And then when they got to know you, they're like, oh my gosh, this girl is intense. <laughs> You've got a church. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, from a from a quick uh, overview here, this isn't as comprehensive as I would do a reading, uh, but I would say Fiona is here to lead the way in. Um, okay, she's here to be fabulous and use that fabulosity to draw in the people that she's meant to serve with this interest in occult or esoteric studies. Uh, you're here to be broadcasting that message promoting that maybe hmm, instead of creating division you're here to be a bridge builder you know mm -hmm. and so although you don't really necessarily believe in the conspiracy theories you are uh, coming from a genuine curious place encouraging um uh, dialogue right thoughtful conscious dialogue and you're also teaching others how to do the same and then on top of that because you have all this spiritual uh background and this like spiritual interest I find a lot of spiritual people kind of forget that they have a body and like they don't exercise or something um, mm -hmm. or they're totally vegan and they just haven't had like proper nutrients for a while. No, no hate on vegans, for example, but, you know, it's more like, hmm, how can I actually do the best thing for my body? Like, how can I teach other people as well to do that, too? But so, again, a lot of people that have a lot of spiritual energy usually have the upper chakras really active, but maybe the lower ones, not so much. So how can you, again, be that bridge, bridge builder? Uh, between the upper and lower chakras, I can teach other people to do the same. Um, and how can you find what diet is best for you? What health routines are the most effective for you? And how can you teach other people to do the same? Because you're mm. out here bridge building and you're fabulous. Ooh. That's so I interesting. That. I feel like How's so fun. many of those things are so on point. Like I know <laughs> when we talked to Jenny Halla, you're like, yeah, I want to be a nomad too. Maybe, maybe have a home base and then just travel and come back. Yep. And like verbatim, those are my words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked to Rick, he was saying like, yes, have a morning routine, but only as long as it feels good. Don't force mm -hmm. yourself into like a militant routine. Like, mm -hmm. I love that these things are getting um, you no, know, validated so and funny. confirmed. Yeah. 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 
And then on top of that, you yourself, Fiona, have a lot of stuff going on in the first house. You know, you had the Venus in the first house, what people like to pay you for. You got Pluto going on in the first house and then also Mercury. Uh, but all this is happening in Scorpio. So again, very intense. So if you were mm -hmm. to build a brand, for example, just be intense. And if people don't like it, oh, well, I mean, you're <laughs> here to draw in other intense people as well. Uh, people that are really serious. So I have found with my clientele, because I have worked mostly with CEOs and executives, they're into astrology. They are aware that it's a thing. They are aware it's known on Wall Street, uh, but it's kind of backdoor. So I don't like Ooh. it being backdoor or trying not to make it that way, but it's how it's been uh, recently. Uh, so it's more of how can I draw in those people and also communicate? I'm not here to fart around. So if you work with me, I'm not here necessarily to be a militant jerk. Like no one wants to deal with the drill sergeant. But at the same time, I will be honest with you because I'm looking at the astrological chart. You can't really hide from that. Um, so how can, how you can only really work with me if you're at this caliber, if you're this serious, right? And I feel mm. like if you were to do some sort of uh, business like that, it's not so much like, I only work with boss bitches, Ugh, right? It's more of, unless that's who you really are, but you know, you're here like, I'm working with these people. They have these characteristics. If this is the, if this is who you are, like hit me up, like, let's do this. Uh, and that's okay to be that way. I think if you maybe were more of a cancer rising, for example, it'd be like, Welcome to my home. We have like a small group. We meet, you know, once a month, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's it's more of a welcoming, like, I love you. Or Scorpio's like, we're not here to mess around. Let's deep dive. Let's do this. You know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my husband will always tease me because like, we'll be talking to somebody and he's known them for years and years and years. And I talked to them for 15 minutes. I'm like, Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I didn't know this. And like, whatever this crazy story is. And he's like, where did you hear that? I'm like, Oh, they just told me. He's like, Oh my God, I've known this for 15 <laughs> oh. years. I've never known any of that. I'm like, Oh, I know it just happens. <laughs> yeah. I find, um, when I did, when I did, um, social work, my clients would tell mm. me like wild stories. Like I never told anyone. I'm like, oh, wow. I just met you 10 minutes ago, but here we are. That's always my joke of my opening line. I'm like, what's your deepest trauma? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, do we have a couple minutes to check out my chart and see what you can tell me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to know your divine assignment? Yeah. Or anything else? Okay. Let's check it out. Okay. So we have you as a Virgo sun, Sag moon, and Sagittarius rising as well. So, mm. so your innermost self and your outer and the energy that you're uh, emitting once people get to know you one on one are very aligned. So that's good. Sometimes that can be a source of stress for some people. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's see. We have the Virgo sun in the ninth house as well, Sagittarius energy. So inherently, this this podcast makes sense for both of you guys. Ninth house is also associated with publishing. Uh, so either podcasting or publishing. So for you, um, if you guys are wanting to do a publishing company, it might be lucrative. So hmm. just throwing it out there. I, I I would like to republish vintage books um, and mm. bring, you know, remember like those really beautiful like vintage book covers that like people actually cared about? Like mm -hmm. I, would, I would, if I was going to do a publishing company, that's what I would do. Um, let's see. You have your Midheaven and Libra as well. Hmm. Okay. So, um, when people are getting to know you, maybe you will come off as very Libra in that. Do people feel comfortable talking with you? Like, do you feel? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have a history of people pleasing when you were younger? Yes. Okay. 
that's cool. <laughs> but, you know, we're using the positive aspects of Libra, which is like bridge building as well, bringing unusual groups of people together. But um, I'm thinking like salon cultivation. That was a thing in the 19th century. Uh, women would gather really cool people together in their living room and like just hang out. So that was one that of our, so my initial ideas for this podcast. But I was like, because we were hair and makeup artists, and like it should be like the oh, salon because cool. it's a hangout space. But I'm like, nobody's going to know what that means. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you, if, you hit up, <laughs> if you hit up the historic preservation community, they'll know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're out there. They're very interesting people. Uh, let's see. And then you have Venus in Libra as well. And that is in the 11th house. So again, the salon thing is the thing. Um, so if you can't do it physically, although that would be really cool if you could bring the salons back, you know, 2020 is over and bars and venues are out. Like people are not mm-hmm. necessarily into concerts anymore. So bring back the intimate salon. That's the big thing. Yeah, Maybe uh, that's what our retreat should be. Ooh, a salon mm. and like a fabulous historic yeah. building. Mm. Uh, okay and then you also have that moon okay the Sagittarius moon in the 12th house so okay the innermost self uh really associated with spiritual learning a quest for deeper knowledge and higher wisdom uh infused with 12th house energy that rules music uh subconscious mind reprogramming also retreats so anything artistic hmm okay wellness retreat a she's so artistic yeah, yeah. Any like, like she paints, draws, all the things. Look at you. Oh, what mm-hmm. gifts. What gifts. Okay. And then on top of that, you got the North Node here. Yeah. So the North Node is in Leo, zero degree Leo. Interesting. And then your South Node is in Aquarius. So this might be like a new path for you uh, to, to have this North Node in Leo. So you are here to be fabulous. You have very amazing artistic gifts. Um, if you go to a very affluent clientele, they would definitely play, pay top dollar. Uh, so... That's a that cool. affluent people are very underserved, to be honest. That is an underserved community, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, and so going all out, making a production of it. Leo, of course, uh, we're in Leo season as we're filming this, very much focused on being fabulous, um, being super creative. Leo also is associated a lot in Hollywood. Um, so I think a lot of people assume celebrities are Leo suns or moons, but really most of them are Taurus and Cancer, in my experience. Hmm. Uh, because you have to be sensitive to be a good actor. But the superstar mm. ones, like, um, what's her name? J-Lo. I think, yeah. J-Lo, like, the ultimate superstar. So how can you kind of infuse the fabulousness? If you're going to have a retreat, how can you go big, make it a production, right? Make people have that Hollywood glam treatment, right? Hmm. Uh, but then also, Love yeah, because you want to you make it a production. I think sometimes people do retreats, and they kind of do it, like, on the cheap. Um, but you're here to work with people that like to go all out. That's what they value. That's what they're into. And because all the Sagittarius energy and the ninth house as well, uh, maybe traveling to a foreign location. That could be a thing. Uh, okay. Europe, south of France. I really like south of France myself. Um, you could ch- even check out your astrocartography if you were to go um, uh, beyond the U.S. That'd be really cool. See what's going on there. Um cool. Yeah, you're just out here to be fabulous and awesome and make productions of whatever it, whatever experience you're doing for your business. You want to make it over the top, but in a conscious way because, yeah, make it meaningful, you know? Cool. Um, yeah, so I will say as well with both you guys at the 12th house energy, um, Hollywood is very Neptunian and very Venusian. So very much focused on play, theatrics, productions, set design, artistic stuff, costuming, whatever. Um and I don't think we see that uh, these days anymore with films. I feel like a lot of them are kind of pumped out. Uh, but if you look at anything like 1970s prior, um, when you make an art production, there's so much that goes into it. 
And if it's really well done, uh, an audience will keep coming back to it again and again. And that's what you want your experiences to be as well. You're here to be a curator of amazing minds, amazing minds and amazing experiences that are sensual and tangible uh, and leave people talking about for years to come. Love that. Mo, I yeah. can so I totally see that. Even when you have like a dinner party, like mm-hmm. every little detail is thought of and it's just, it's not, it still feels very cozy and warm and loving, but it's over the top. I'm like, I would have never bought napkins that matched the theme of the night. you know it's like those little details that like just make it feel like a little you just feel very special when you're there experiencing it thanks which is cool like I totally see that yeah and I think uh the the more we develop uh technology and extend with that Aquarius energy I think there's more of a desire to streamline and make things easier make it down the cheap um Mm -hmm. but really what makes us human is that we can have these awesome experiences that can also be sustainable you know we're not necessarily about like providing um, a bunch of creating a bunch of waste or something uh, when you're having an event for example but those little touches are what makes it worth having the event for you know yeah so that stuff really does matter to people it really does that's cool I love that. How fun, Mel. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Let's see. Yeah. And also, as well, I will share this because I think listeners should know. Wherever Saturn is, it looks like kind of like an H in the chart. Uh, whatever house it is in, that just means the area of life that you're meant to be a late bloomer, right? Mm-hmm. So for yours, Maureen, um, it is in the 10th house. So maybe you, uh, I think a lot of people feel pressure to have it all together by 24. But maybe you'll realize what your your true life's work is when you're a little bit older, right? Uh, which is totally fine. Um, What's 10th house? 10th house is career, life's work, um, okay. the status, what you're publicly recognized for. So mm-hmm. you might be currently in a growth stage and, you know, trying new things. And that's totally awesome. Um, let's see. For Fiona, um, yours here is in the second house of cash money. So second house is like uh, material possessions, physical money, um, discerning your values, also having self-worth. So again, not everybody has to get together at 24. And by the time you hit 30, just because you don't have a million dollars doesn't mean you failed. Uh, but it's more of like, oh, maybe you might find you might have a windfall when you get a little bit older. And you don't even have to worry about a retirement account because it's just like, boom, money, you know? So Ariel, I mean, life. from your mouth to God's ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tagline. Because <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And like, you gotta, you gotta work for it. Of course. And I feel like you guys yeah. are action takers, but uh, definitely that's just inherent. I just, I think if people just knew where Saturn placement was, uh, their lives would be so much more easier. You know? mm. Right. Cause like up until this point, and we talked about this with Rick too, it was like making decisions based on like, how will I make enough money? How will I make enough money? But it's like knowing that that's where my Saturn is and just like to relax, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. It's meant to come like later mm-hmm. for me. Right, right. And and that's the thing. Um, So much of life, as I just shared earlier, is just like people just stressed. Like, why are mm-hmm. we making these decisions? Like, it's so lame. So I think right. uh, what people don't understand with business as well, uh, are my generation of millennials, 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 say. Uh, they're all about hating on capitalism or something. And mm. like, well, you hate capitalism, but when we support your Patreon, like, get real, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's just kind of stupid. Like, don't be stupid. You're embarrassing me, right? Uh, but I think what their good intention is coming from is like, oh, it's unconscious. So again, how mm. can we bring consciousness? How can we capitalize on our natural gifts that we enjoy using 
Mm-hmm. And then how can we tie it together? So people came more from a space of, oh, this is what I have to offer versus this is what I have to pimp out. I feel like there would be general like more ease on top of it. I've also heard the argument from people that are very hostile towards spirituality as a concept that we're the only species that pays to live on earth. I've heard that a lot. <laughs> I've seen that meme around. Uh, and yeah, okay, I guess it is kind of dumb that we pay for uh, utilities and whatnot when uh, Nikola Tesla developed something where we couldn't wouldn't have to do that and we could just use water. But hey, that's another history lesson, right? <laughs> but the point is, until we get to that point, right, um, it's more understanding that Yes, you still need cash money, but if you kind of viewed cash as like an energetic current, right? The currency and allowing it Mm -hmm. to flow. Again, I feel like you would just have a more pleasurable life. So I just got paid, right? I'm going to do a reading. I do my 10, 10, 10, 10% savings, 10% to a donation, 10% on me, right? Uh, But then when I do my donations, I don't do it because I'm told to do it. I do it because I see that money circulating. I see it making a, a change or it a really great um difference so Mm. again allowing it once you realize that like life is about flow and cyclical natures and cycles um again i just feel like that's when the cash money flows you know going with the idea that's given to you and like you can't stop thinking about it uh and that's kind of where like it really uh, unfolds beautifully so i also have people tell me like oh it's not profitable for me to do my north node right now i'm like what are you talking about like, this is the whole reason you incarnated here. Like, that's ridiculous. So if you just even prioritize it, don't quit your day job, you know, if you're stressed. But at the same time, you got to prioritize your soul's mission here as much as you prioritize what pays your bills. And then eventually you can make the shift. Mm. It really is. It really is that simple. I didn't say it was easy, but it is that simple. Yeah. Well, and that's a good way to that, put it. If you prioritize your soul's mission, that will pay the bills more easily and better than fighting it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it depends on your personality as well. It depends on your personal chart. Some people do better to burn the bridges, quit the job, don't have savings. And like, they really thrive on that. Other people you're like, what the hell? Like that would be like too much. Like we don't want to, we don't want to stress yourself out. So again, go with what your personality would prefer. Um, mm-hmm. Personality of course, is just the way you react to the world. So some people like the pressure, some other people don't. Uh, but even if you prioritize it in small ways over time, that's where the big change happens. So mm-hmm. A lot of people also get disappointed with me. They're like, well, how did you develop mediumship? Or how did you develop your psychic intuition? I'm like, you do the very boring daily things and you do it for like five minutes at a time, you know, like you just keep consciously moving towards it. And then before you know it, six months has gone by and all these changes have happened because you've consciously moving the needle forward. Now life is not necessarily about big bursts, you know? Yeah. 10% shift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm really I like that oh so fun thank you so much melanie um, you're awesome this was so um, fun thank you guys you're thank very you. entertaining like you're very funny <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you i thank was like you. scared to drink my tea because i'm like i'm gonna spit it out <laughs> i'm just gonna say something and it's gonna come out my nose <laughs> no that's good that's good uh, i wish you had a spit me, take <laughs> somebody told me that um i'm funny but i'm not improv funny and I respected that. I respect that. All right. I, All I'm right. not improv funny. You can't just throw a topic at me and like make, I can't do a joke, but no, <laughs> I, I like, I am a, I, I could be stand up funny. I think. Yeah. Funny. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell people where they can find you and we'll list your link and everything in our show notes? Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, so if anybody wants to connect with me, you can connect with me on either LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, my handle is Melanie underscore Marisol. So it's M-A-R-I-S-O-L. Um, you'll find me there. You can also find me at MelanieMarisol.com where I have my readings and other offerings listed as well. Awesome. So fun. Thank you. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me. Uh, you guys are really great hosts. And, All right. And we'll uh, invite you when we get the salon set up. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, bring, bring, yeah. bring back the salons. Okay, I mean, great. we're on the East fun. Coast. We can make this happen. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Love it. Thanks, Melanie. I love Melanie. She's so funny. I know. Usually I, I re-listen <laughs> to the episode and I was like, usually you giggle a lot. And she had me giggling too. So you know that's funny. She was yeah. great. Yeah. I know. Yeah. When we got off that call, I was like, just felt pumped. Me too. I was like, oh yeah, we got this. What were your thoughts? Did you have takeaways that you were like, yep, that was spot I mean, on? So many. First of all, like just about her and how she's created her business, I found it really interesting that she works with a lot of men mm -hmm. um, and that. You know, I think to her point, like astrology is still so taboo. Like I don't see it as taboo because I'm always like, I just take in so much astrology content. So I'm like, oh, it's everywhere. But then I'm like, oh, but not like in a business setting like that, right. made, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool to me. And it also kind of felt like she did a lot of kind of different things or had a lot of just different interests, but it was cool to see how she kind of weaves them all together. Yeah. Yeah, I thought how she kind of synthesized all the different pieces mm -hmm. was a cool perspective. Mm -hmm. And so many of the things I was like, yep, yep, yep. Like how she's like morning routines, as long as they're serving, don't forget to honor the seasons. I love thinking about it in terms of seasons because that's like how I like to eat food, pick my outfits, like yeah, <laughs> and activities. Yeah. So thinking about how you're going to work in terms of the seasons is it right. a fun thing but too? But then it also made me think of Babs and how Babs does it based on like your own birth chart. Mm -hmm. You know, like listening to Melanie's, I went back and listened to Babs again and I was like, oh wait, because she mentioned like, you know, this next like season for me, I am a bit focused on work, but my birthday month, like the month of October, it's okay, just kind of chill and a lot of more like in inward. Oh, like outward. it's your own seasons? Yeah. Starting with your birthday, birth chart. Yeah, Is that what yeah, you mean? yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it was kind of like interesting. not just like summer, right? Yeah, right. So it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, this is so fascinating. I do like that. Mm -hmm. One thing Melanie mentioned that I wanted to follow up with you on is conspiracies. <laughs> I <laughs> love. Have, conspiracies. Do you have like certain ones that you're into? Okay, here's my thing with conspiracies: is I. I just find them fascinating and I find it fascinating that people believe them. Okay. That's You're not really like, what I like. Yes. I don't really follow and I don't believe any conspiracies to be true. Okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I'm trying to think of a conspiracy that I'm like, well, obviously, I don't know. Sometimes I hear things and I'm like, obviously I find that to be true, but I also find it to be a conspiracy, but it's nothing's coming to my head right now. So I don't even know <laughs> Okay, a good example, but I just think it's so fascinating that there are things out there like, you know, the world being flat or like earth being flat, 
I just find it fascinating that yeah. people believe that to be true. Like we have photos of Earth that are round from that are taken from actual. Like do they do they think that those are photoshopped photos? Right. But then it's also like, well, maybe some people can only believe in the black and white and they could physically only with their eyeballs see flat. So they don't really believe something that they can't physically see with their eyeballs. What do they think happens when you're in a plane? Like, I don't. That one or like the dinosaurs are fake. Oh, yeah. Or, okay. How about the other one? The birds with the birds. <laughs> Did you listen to? Yes. So there was um, Armed and Dangerous, one of the armchair experts. It's like spinoff shows where they're covering that. And it was set up kind of to mock conspiracies. Right. Which is so funny. It's so funny. It was so clever. And also just like, that's the part I find fascinating that people are just so willing to believe these things. Like they, they don't, it's almost like they're giving up their own authority to like believe something that goes against everything they've known. You know what I mean? Like you've seen a bird. Like right. Most people have seen a bird pretty up close. Well, and even if you thought the birds were spies, <laughs> like, I mean, you've been to the DMV. Like, do you think that we're that organized? <laughs> No way. I don't know. Yeah. Conspiracies are wild. Um, you did also say you love cults. And I, oh, I wasn't sure if you wanted cults. to make any clarifications on that. Just another one of those things that I find truly fascinating. What happened to you? What right. happened to you in your life that you have fallen into this way of believing in a cult, you know, or even like religion. I find religion, I'm not a big religion person, as I've said before, but I find religion to be pretty culty. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like, do you guys hear what you're saying? You know, like sometimes like I've been in church for like someone's wedding or a baptism or whatever. And I'm like, are we listening to what they're saying? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like obey kind of yeah. words. And I'm like, mm, obey. That's not for me. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> this was actually kind of funny. So, you know, we recently went to the Soul and Light Expo, which was right. super cool. We met some that fun people fun. and you guys we are going to probably hear interviews with them in That's the future. Right. Yep. It was in a convention center, right? So it also kind of had a little bit less of that cool, intimate vibe and more of a convention center vibe. But that's fine. So I was telling some people at work about it. And the other day, one of my colleagues who is very religious was telling me that she had prayed for us when we went to that because oh, she was worried about it, nice. which was nice. <laughs> I was also like, it's all the same thing. Like God and spirits are all the same thing. She's like, no, they're not. God is right. God and everything else is a witch. I was like, Okay. We're not See what gonna, I mean? Cult we're me. not going to agree on this. <laughs> but that being said, it's working great for her. Like, so go get right. it. It just <clears> isn't something thing. that quite ever, it didn't 100% like explain things or sit right for me. Agreed. So I also find religion to be very like anti-woman. I agree. In I my experience. I feel like it, it offers kind of a like a juvenile explanation of things, mm, mm -hmm. like oversimplified kind of, and just mm. I could see how that could bring people comfort to have the explanation be very black and white. Mm. I agree, it's very patriarchal. 
and just clear. So I can definitely appreciate how that could be helpful, particularly if your life has a lot of stress and drama and things that are out of control and not clear, Mm. which we all, ours all do, but you know, some more than others. There's a psychic, um, his name is Ainsley McLeod. Yeah. He does the past lives. Yes. And he has a really interesting theory because like he kind of like numbers your lives like a 10 is like a very old soul a one is a very new soul and he says that the newer souls like you know one to four or so are like the extreme religious types Mm. and Mm. it's because their soul is so new that they need that structure like they need Mm. the you know whatever and then the older souls are like yeah bro it's it's all the same like you're all saying the same thing in different ways like you're being mm. silly for like fighting over these things interesting it's yeah. fascinating that might make sense mm-hmm. so yeah that was funny that that came up in your <laughs> reading <laughs> yeah it's a, it's also like something i don't really talk about cuz i'm like people are going to think i'm insane well like i think we're like they think cult, that right that's often something where people are getting brainwashed it's very manipulative dangerous like people die from following these leaders or give all Mm. their savings whatever so they're not like a favorable thing normally so (laughs) i think saying i love cults might be not quite what you wanted to articulate (laughs) but to find them fascinating is totally justified because they're it is wild to imagine did you listen to the nexium podcast (laughs) I think I've heard parts of it. I don't know if I heard the whole story. This cult group, they were out of, I think, Los Angeles. There was like a lot of famous actors in it, whatever. Like all those things that you said happened, you know, brainwashing, money, blah, blah, blah. They started branding women. Oh, yes. Do you remember hearing about that? I do. Oh, my God. How does it get to that point? You know, that's the part that fascinating. That's fascinating to me. And like just the psychological you know, like manipulation is just so interesting. Dark. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. It is interesting. Um, what else did she say that was cool? Oh, that you're intense, but not to adjust just to own it. So, you know, get into your culty ways, investigate all these dark <laughs> things, whatever. And I like how she brought up the bridge builder between like diets and routines because you know, you guys were, had just opened your wellness center right before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Like this mm-hmm. has always been like a constant thread mm. throughout your different position, different jobs and everything. So that yeah. was kind of cool that that came into. And it's interesting. Cause like right now I haven't been doing any sort of like routine at all. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say at all, but I haven't been exercising. I just, we were saying when I got on this call, I'm just so like physically exhausted that I'm like, I'm just going to sit down. Like I've Mm -hmm. been doing a lot of sitting, like my body just needs extra rest. So everything else has kind of gone to the sideline. And even like, I was like, John, we got to get back on like eating healthy. I can't eat nachos every night for dinner. (laughs) My pants don't fit anymore. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, it's funny. You're saying like, you're not exercising because you're actually walking all day. Yeah. I mean, you're not. It's not like you're being sedentary at work. No, I'm definitely running around. We're very short-staffed right now. It's been fun. Stressful. (laughs) Well, that brings me to the next follow-up I have, which is your anger management. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, I also want to talk about the thing she said in your divine assignment because that was really cool too. Okay, we'll do mine in one second. I just wanted okay. to tell people because we had talked anger. about how you're trying to channel your anger and figure out like where to put it, how to access it, how to feel it. And you told mm. me the other day that you did get a new piece of gym equipment. I did. I got a punching bag. And have you been <laughs> releasing some of your frustrations? Yeah. Yeah. When they come up, I don't really feel that I get very, <laughs> no, one day I was at work and we were in a, in a meeting and, um, you know, we just like constantly kept getting interrupted and I was getting so frustrated and we were just like, there was four of us in the conference room and I just like screamed <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, let it out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> uh. Um, Yeah. But then okay, I had so to, screaming. Like, I, I screamed, I let it out, and then I had to go do whatever I had to go do. I yeah. don't even remember what it was at this point that like frustrated me, but there's like little moments. Okay. Well, that's cool though that you could release a little anger and it was well received and then mm -hmm. you just kept it moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, back to my divine assignment. Yeah. So cool. I found it so interesting because you're a Libra North Node, right? Leo. Leo North Node, but a Libra Midheaven. Yes. I just found it cool that the things she was saying about like the little details and, you know, kind of going, making it very fabulous and very like that vibe. It just so resonated because you don't really like come off that way for the most part, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you know you, it like I know you well, so I see those things. In yeah. the little details. Well, I How think. Did, what did you think about it? Um, well, one thing she mentioned was people feel comfortable talking to you, which is so funny because like, I always joke like in college, I bartended and now I'm a makeup artist. And mm. I feel like in both of those positions, you're basically a psychologist, but yes, <laughs> under <laughs> a different title. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're in someone's personal space. I've had people cry tell me all kinds of stuff in the chair where I'm like we just met and you're telling me about <laughs> you know your ex-husband's here and whatever who knows all kinds of crazy stories so that was definitely accurate and funny mm -hmm. and I like the part about the you know making it super glam making an event an occasion that people will be talking about for years to come I feel like there's a lot of I don't know if it's just in my family or culturally or whatever, but I think the tendency is to not be over the top or not to like go to excess because it's wasteful or something. Mm. And, and she literally said that. Mm -hmm. But I remember there was some party that I was throwing and, you know, I like to have it look nice, have it feel nice, have the details. And normally my brothers would be like, don't get too much food like it's just gonna be leftovers or whatever <laughs> and this one particular one Kyle I think was like just do what you want to do like <laughs> was really? it your birthday because your birthday was like quite a <laughs> quite a party I don't think it was it wasn't for myself but it was like New Year's Eve or something oh, he's fun. like just do what you want to do I'm like oh, he's like goodness. know that you don't need to do it for us but like I get that it's fun for you mm. and I was like felt so excited by that permission you know I was like yeah. okay yeah let's go um, I know so that was you fun. do you do throw a fun party I'll say that thanks thanks yeah 
I know. I like, I love doing those. So what was her thing? Curate amazing minds and leave people thinking about the experience for years to come. Okay. I like thinking about that. Um, Oh, and she said my Saturn area is like where you're a late bloomer in life and mine is my life's work. So great. Any minute now, if that wants to click in, that'd be cool. I mean, (laughs) probably right around the corner. Oh, I guess. And she kept saying exponential wealth with mine. And I'm like, yeah, bring it. I'm ready. No, you're like, I'm ready to live in my rich girl era. I'm so tired. (laughs) Oh, I know. Just want to, I don't even necessarily want to buy stuff because I don't really love to like shop or like buy things. It's more for like, I like to be spontaneous and I Mm. like to just be able to say yes to things when I want to. Because you want to have that like nomad flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'll come. I know. She hit the nail on the head with that one too. I know. You want to have a home, but then travel. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, she does. It's very true. I know. So this was also a really cool thing that Melanie offered is that if any of you listeners wanted to book a session with her, if you reference that you heard about her from us, from Mystically Inclined or Fiona and Mo, however you want to say it, she will give you an extra 15 minutes on your reading. So, Which was so generous. And you guys heard what she told us in like 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, that's like a whole nother reading because that's, she just rattles stuff off. I was also thinking I, I normally listen to podcasts like at 1.25 or one and a half times the normal speed. If you also do that, this might be a little fast for you because she was, she was going. Okay. Yeah. And I love yeah, it. <laughs> it. Didn't, it didn't feel slow at all. Um, so yeah, you'll get an extra 15 minutes if you sign up for a reading. Yeah. So if you awesome. do, then let us know. We want to hear everything she told you. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. <laughs> I did like how she mentioned retreats. We keep hearing oh, about these retreats. I know. Maybe when you are retired from your full-time job, we can start planning something. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Um, okay. I had one other follow-up that I wanted to cover because we are right now, as we're recording this, in the throes of Mercury retrograde. We are. And it reminded me of when we talked to Babs and she was saying, this is the time to work on things you suck at. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's Mercury retrograde. If you guys don't know, I looked it up. Uh, August 23rd through September 15th. Mm. So what are you, are you working on anything you suck at right now? Um, what am I working at? I, it's, I literally feel like I'm just resting a lot. So maybe I, I'm not good rester. Maybe I'm not resting fully, mm. you know, cause I find that like I go to do something like I haven't been drawing in a while. And the other day I had a few hours of alone time and I was like, Oh, maybe I'm just going to like sit and draw and like relax. And I picked up, I got everything set up and I was just sitting there just looking at the paper and I was like, no, this isn't it. So then I just watched TV, just laying on the couch like yeah. a blob and watched TV. But I was like, I, it it just felt like what I needed. Yeah. You know, and I used to just like, 
push through and force myself to do things that even in the moment, if I was like, yeah, this doesn't really feel good, but I said I was going to do it. So I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd get very frustrated. And then I just wouldn't feel good after. Okay. So you're working on just listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. How about you? What are you working on? I suck at social media. Mm. I hate it. I always feel dumb. Whatever I'm writing, like this is dumb. And then I overthink it. And then usually I just don't post it. But Mm. I want people to find our show. So I've been trying to do it more. So bear with me, guys. And also, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, come follow us and you can see all my dumb posts. But hopefully (laughs) they'll get better. (laughs) I don't think they're dumb. Oh, thank you. I feel like they suck. That's no, what you've I'm been like, doing so much. Keep um, you guys, the only reason working. there's a podcast is because of Maureen, because I'm just like showing up here. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I'm coming. She's doing all the back end stuff. So my goal is once I'm not full, working full time, I will be taking on more. <laughs> oh, we can't wait. But I know you got to do what you got to do. I know. But yeah, my social media. Okay. Trying to figure out how to... I feel like I get too impersonal. Mm. Like it, there's like a barrier. You mm. need to just chill out. So and that, that's what I'm working on yeah. for this Mercury retrograde. What I like that. that. Thanks. I know. I was thinking that. I was like, we don't really show ourselves at all in social media, like our in our interview, like even our recaps or any of that. But I was like, the show, we, we are on the show. <laughs> yeah (laughs) which I guess if you're listening and you have thoughts of what you would like to see in social media Mm. maybe shoot us a message or um comment on something because we'll listen we're just trying to figure it out yeah and it's do you find that like are there things that you enjoy posting or you enjoy talking about maybe it has to come from like something that you want to be, be informed of well, I feel like I get so excited to release each episode. So I'm like, mm. oh, you guys are going to love this. Like, you know? Yeah. So that is totally genuine. Mm. I just feel like sometimes when I post, it sounds like I'm a salesperson or something. I'm not <laughs> trying to be salesy. I just want to show you like a fun clip of it or something. Yeah. But I think that's okay. Like you can yeah. be excited because it yeah. is exciting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny too, because I'll have like friends or family or something send me text messages or Instagram messages when they listen and like they want to talk about it. Like, okay, it's engaging, Mm. but it's not quite in a community public sense. Mm. Which is okay. I want to bring everybody in. I know. Like, let's talk about it. It'll like, it'll it'll happen. And I think it is happening we're just not seeing it. Like, I think maybe releasing the expectation of what it's supposed to look like or like how it's yeah. supposed to unfold, you know? Okay. Because people I are listening. Also so many that... people that I like run into are like, oh, I've listened to your podcast. I'm like, how did you even hear about it? But Oh, okay. really? Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think my other reason I suck at social media is that I feel like it's annoying. Like I see a lot of posts from like, Ugh. so then I don't <laughs> want to be annoying. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. 
There is a lot of social media that's annoying. I'll try not to be annoying, guys. I know. I didn't have Instagram for a while, and I really Mm. liked it. Mm. And I'm considering of not having it again. I there is a lot I like to see. Mm -hmm. There's certain you know stories or like to follow people and like, ooh, what's happening? Right. But another one like, oh, same old stuff. All right, (laughs) annoying. So, yeah, that's what we're working on. Just a reminder, if you guys want a session, you get 15 extra minutes and we'll put a link to schedule your session right in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Number two reminder, come follow us on Instagram and tolerate my learning curve. (laughs) It's mystically, what is our Instagram? Mystically dot inclined. There it is. Come follow us. And... Number three reminder is if you like this and you are talking about it with your friends or texting us or whatever, share it with somebody because mm-hmm. that will really help us a lot. And yeah. Also, all- um, leaving reviews wherever you listen, whether it's on Apple or on Spotify, um, when you leave a review, it like it it tells it tells the algorithm to tell other people to share it with others. So it it kind of helps us get seen in other ways too that aren't just social media or word of mouth, which is fun. Yeah. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. time. All right. Bye. Bye.